Good morning, and welcome to Simply Politics. It's Tuesday, February 13th. On today's show, the Michigan House disciplines a lawmaker over his tweets on a racist theory, and the chairman of the Joint Chiefs expresses concern about U.S. credibility in light of Trump's NATO comments. Plus, we analyze Trump's new Supreme Court gambit as a delaying tactic. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Politics. We start off with a recent development in Michigan politics. The Michigan House of Representatives has stripped Republican lawmaker Josh Shriver of his staff members and a committee position. This comes after Shriver posted about a racist conspiracy theory online. Bella, our correspondent for Simply Politics, is here to discuss this further. Can you tell us more about the situation? Certainly, David. Michigan House Speaker Joe Tate, a Democrat, announced the sanctions against Shriver, accusing him of promoting a sustained campaign of racist rhetoric and hate speech. Despite the backlash, Shriver has defended his post, denying that it was racist, and refusing to offer what he called a fake political apology. What are the implications of these sanctions for Shriver? Shriver, who was elected in November 2022 to represent parts of Macomb and Oakland counties in the Michigan House's 66th district, will be removed from a position on the House Natural Resources, Environment, Tourism, and Outdoor Recreation Committee. However, he will still be able to cast votes in the House. His office staff will be reassigned. His term ends in January 2025. What was the reason given by Speaker Tate for these sanctions? Tate stated that the sanctions were imposed to ensure the safety and security of House staffers. He accused Shriver of promoting debunked theories and dangerous rhetoric that jeopardizes the safety of Michigan residents and contributes to a hostile and uncomfortable environment. Can you tell us more about the conspiracy theory that Shriver posted about? Shriver referenced the Great Replacement Theory, a term associated with white nationalists. It has slowly entered the political mainstream, being used by Republican politicians to stoke fears about immigration, election integrity, and border security. The theory has inspired violence in the past, with mass shooters in Buffalo and El Paso citing it as a reason for targeting communities of color. Shriver shared an illustration of this theory, which was widely criticized by state politicians from both sides of the aisle. What has been the response from other politicians? The posts have been condemned by politicians across party lines. This includes Tate himself, two Republican colleagues, Repetter Donnie Steele and Senator John Damus, as well as Governor Gretchen Whitmer and Latanner Governor Garland Giltress II, both Democrats. They've all criticized the post as racist and against state and national values. And how has Shriver responded to these criticisms? Shriver has continued to defend his posts. He asked, what did I tweet that was false? And suggested that the denouncements against him were signs of an anti-white agenda. He continued to post about the conspiracy theory. Thanks for those insights, Bella. In a related political sphere, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Gen R. C.Q. Brown, recently made a statement regarding U.S. credibility following former President Donald Trump's comments. James, our correspondent for Simply Politics, is here to delve deeper into this. Can you tell us more about Jenner Brown's remarks and the context behind them? Certainly, David. 
Jen Brown's comments come in response to Trump's recent admission that he would not abide by the collective defense clause at the heart of NATO if re-elected. This clause is fundamental to NATO, as it stipulates that an attack on one member is an attack on all. Jenna Brown emphasized the strength of the alliance and the importance of upholding it, stating that US credibility is at stake with each of our alliances, and US leadership is still needed, wanted, and watched. What were Trump's exact comments that have sparked this controversy? At a rally in South Carolina, Trump recalled a conversation he had with a president of a big country, who asked whether the US would defend them from a Russian invasion, even if they don't pay. Trump responded by saying, no, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills. These comments have drawn criticism as they suggest a departure from NATO's collective defense principle. And how has Jenner Brown responded to this political dialogue? Jenner Brown has stated that while he acknowledges the various dialogue in discussions at the political level, his focus remains on continuing to build and strengthen our relationship with NATO. He emphasized his commitment to working with NATO allies on the military aspect. What could this mean for Jenner Brown's role if Trump were to be re-elected? As the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Jenner Brown serves as the principal military advisor to the president. If Trump were re-elected, Brown could continue to serve as his chairman unless Trump appointed another officer. However, it's worth noting that Jenner Mark Milley, Brown's predecessor and Trump's chairman of the Joint Chiefs throughout his tenure, was often at odds with Trump. Could you elaborate on the relationship between Trump and Jen Milley? Certainly. Jenna Milley was a frequent target of Trump's ire, and the two have taken verbal shots at each other after Trump left the White House. In his last address as the nation's top general, Milley emphasized that the military's loyalty lies with the Constitution, not with any individual leader. This was seen as a veiled reference to Trump. Trump responded by calling Milley a moron and stupid and very dangerous on social media. Switching gears a bit, Jen Brown also addressed recent criticism of President Biden's memory. Can you tell us more about that? Yes, Jenna Brown defended President Biden following mention of apparent memory lapses in special counsel Robert Hur's report. He described Biden as pretty sharp and stated that the president has a very good grasp of the issues and asks very pertinent questions. Lastly, what did Jenna Brown say about the current tensions in the Middle East? Jenna Brown echoed comments made by other US officials that deterrence is key. He stated that the US is focused on deterring any further aggression while also protecting American forces. When asked whether he believed Iran wants a war with the US, Brown responded, I don't know that they do. He suggested that Iran might use militia groups to put pressure and achieve their objectives without seeking a broader conflict with the United States. That was Simply Politics reporter James providing us with a comprehensive analysis of Jenner C.Q. Brown's recent remarks and their implications. In other political news, former President Donald Trump has appealed to the Supreme Court seeking to temporarily block a U.S. Court of Appeals decision that dismissed his claims for presidential immunity. This move is seen as part of Trump's legal strategy to delay proceedings until after the November elections. Here to discuss this further is Abby, a correspondent for Simply Politics. Can you tell us more about this appeal and its implications? Certainly, David. 
Trump's filing to the Supreme Court is audacious, to say the least. It essentially argues that it would be unfair to millions of voters if Trump cannot participate in the 2024 election because he is on trial over his attempt to overturn the 2020 election. This is despite the fact that Trump himself sought to overturn the voters' choice in 2020. His attorneys argue that the real, stunning breach of precedent and historical norms is the lower court's ruling that presidential immunity for official acts does not exist. What are the chances of the Supreme Court granting Trump's request? Well, Ty Cobb, a former counsel in Trump's White House, has described Trump's petition as pretty weak, doubting that the Supreme Court will find these arguments compelling. The Supreme Court's decision in the coming days will likely determine whether this case, one of the most potentially damaging of the four criminal trials awaiting Trump, will go to a jury before the election. And how could this impact the upcoming election? This is not just about seeking accountability for Trump's bid to stay in power despite losing the last election. It could also influence the outcome of the White House race. Some polls suggest that some Trump voters may not support him if he's a convicted felon when they go to vote. In what is expected to be a close election, even small-scale defections could impact the result. What's next for Trump in terms of his legal battles? Trump's legal docket is quite crowded. Apart from this case, he has a hearing related to a hush money payment sent to adult film actress Stormy Daniels during his 2016 presidential campaign. That case is expected to be the first of Trump's four criminal trials to go ahead at the end of March. He's also hoping that the district attorney leading his Georgia election subversion case could be dismissed following the disclosure of a personal relationship with a lead prosecutor. A New York judge is also expected to issue a ruling on how much Trump will have to pay over ill-gotten gains related to a civil fraud trial. That's quite a lot to deal with. What happens if Trump doesn't win the 2024 election? If Trump doesn't win the 2024 election, he won't be able to use presidential power to halt trials or reverse convictions in any of the federal proceedings against him. This could lead to a dark period for Trump, with a large chunk of his fortune and his capacity to do business in New York State at risk. Thanks for that report, Abby. Now, shifting our focus to Europe, a scandal is currently shaking the political landscape in Hungary, exposing vulnerabilities in Prime Minister Viktor Orban's administration and testing his opposition. This comes as the country prepares for local and European elections in June. Here to discuss this further is Michael, a correspondent for Simply Politics. Can you give us a brief overview of the situation? Certainly, David. The scandal revolves around the country's conservative president, Katalin Novak, who recently pardoned a man convicted of helping cover up a sex abuse case at a children's home. This was reported by Hungarian news site 444.hu, and shortly after, Novak resigned. Along with her, Judith Varga, Fidesz's lead candidate in the European Parliament election, also resigned. However, no real explanation was provided for the pardon decision. What has been the reaction to these resignations? The swift resignations and lack of communication have led many to believe that the government wants to avoid deeper scrutiny on the issue. Peter Magyar, Varga's ex-husband and a figure with close links to the government, publicly accused senior figures within the Fidesz system of hiding behind Novak and Varga. He criticized a part of the regime he described 
as working just to make itself rich. What impact is this having on Prime Minister Orban's administration? Despite the scandal, Orban, who has been consolidating power for more than a decade, is still in a strong position. However, the criticism from Magyar reveals some internal dividing lines in Fidesz, suggesting the presence of a group critical of an oligarchic and self-interest-driven inner circle around the prime minister. This could prove uncomfortable for Fidesz as they approach the local and European parliamentary elections. And how is the opposition responding to this situation? For Hungary's opposition parties, which have struggled in recent years to make a dent in Orban's administration, the scandal is offering a rare opportunity, but also a significant challenge. They are now tasked with ensuring the message and implications reach undecided and apathetic voters. If they can't capitalize on an opportunity like this, their very legitimacy and reason to exist in this form could come into question. It's certainly a complex situation. Thank you for your insights, Michael. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Politics. We'll see you back here tomorrow. <laughs>